0: Are so you ready to see that Stanley Cup banner raised again? You are now listening to The Bannerman, an LA Kings podcast. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Kings have unloaded arguably some of their best players and somehow are better now without them and those guys are better without the Kings, yes? Yes. Cool. How are you tonight, Marty? <laughs>
1: I'm good, man. Yeah, it's an interesting turn of events. A uh, few guys that I think everyone was really afraid about. What? What are we going to do when they're gone? This team's in shambles. Somehow, we're doing better now than we have been. Our 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 uh, Our home record, at least, looking pretty solid right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: beating teams like Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that one coming. New Jersey. Nope. Vegas yet again. <laughs> Vegas again. Uh, wild times. Vegas in Vegas, which is apparently our jam.
1: That's that's, that's what we our, do, bro. That's our thing. That's what we do. The Kings dominate Vegas.
0: And honestly.
1: Craps tables and hockey games. That's what LA Kings do.
0: <laughs> it has been on many nights, the Cal Peterson show. And I am. This is going to be a gusher, folks. We're going to gush about Cal. <laughs> What a guy. (laughs) What a guy. What a goaltender. Things are looking good. You know, you always say like he's the future or he's like this young stud. He's not that young. And it's very clearly obvious now that the future is like next season. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. So it's happening. It's happening really fast. We always talked about how it doesn't take a genius to rebuild necessarily, but it does take a pretty savvy guy to have pieces. In place when you are rebuilding, and Cal Peterson, you gotta, you know, say what you want about Rob Blake, and there are many people saying what they want about Rob Blake yes, right now. But just for the Cal Peterson acquisition alone, you gotta hand it to the guy because yeah, man, he was a highly he was a highly sought after goaltender in, in free agency, and he I don't know how the hell Rob Blake, other than maybe Bill Ranford, had a lot to do with it, but convince this young man that this is the place he needs to be. Um, And that had to take some kind of vision and foresight because a goalie like Cal Peterson, who seems supremely confident in his abilities, has to know that at some point he's going to be playing NHL minutes. And he doesn't want it in five years. He wanted immediately. So there had to have been some kind of conversation with Blake and Peterson where it was like, hey, man, in two seasons, you're going to be the guy. And to me, that shows some kind of foresight, right? Am I completely just... Writing my own
1: narrative No, there? No, I, 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 If you are, I, I'm digging the story you're writing here. But I agree, man. Because like, especially you have to consider that this was, you know, Jonathan Quick wasn't exactly on his way out when they signed CalP. He's been signed now, was it two seasons ago? Or I want to say two, three summers ago. When did they sign him? I have to look that up. But we the should. point being that... It's not like Quick was on the way down. It's not like there was some question as to whether or not Quick was still capable of being a starter and that it was imminent that someone needed to come in and and take over. And quite frankly, the Kings goalie pipeline, we've talked about this before, has been pretty flush the last little bit, it's not exactly like we've been having trouble finding guys to take over when Jonathan Quick's gone down with an injury or having a rough patch. Jack Campbell's looked really good before him. Darcy Kemper had looked good. You know, we've we've been able to plug and play kind of with some goaltenders that were backups elsewhere. So it's I i agree. I, I don't know how they succeeded in convincing this guy that not only was he yeah, like I, I don't know how. I'm glad they did it. Yeah. I'm glad they did. So
0: he signed July first, 2017.
1: Okay, so we're this talking. Is, this is
0: coming off a season where that, they was, had, that was that was when we made the playoffs. They, and they got missed it. the playoffs. So 17-18 is the year we went back to the playoffs. That's right. That's right. That's right. With that 92 seat uh, point Kopitar season. Right. Yeah, he signed two years there. At uh, well, his cap, it was 925 thousand when he signed. His, that was his entry-level contract. Right. And somehow his next contract was less than his entry-level contract. And people were complaining about the cap hit of $858,000. I remember that. Yes.
1: It was asinine.
0: <laughs> remember, we were stunned that it was less than his
1: yes, entry-level we contract. Were, we, were talk, we were like, okay, clearly he's the guy. Everyone knows he's the next. It, some sort of warlock sorcery. On the part of Rob Blake there. And and look at it now. And you know what I love? I love that they brought him up and they straight up said, we're not bringing him up to sit on the bench. We're bringing him up to play. Right. We're not bringing him up just in case Jonathan Quick pulls a hammy or something like that. Yeah. And true to their word, they have thrown him in there multiple times. And he has shown that he is more than capable of being the guy, which – Again, now brings you back to the question of what do you do with Jonathan Quick? Do you have to do anything with Jonathan Quick? You really don't because right now you've, you've got a decent goaltending tandem going forward. But we've, we've talked about whether Jonathan Quick would want something different for Jonathan Quick. Like right, how right. comfortable is he with being, you know, 40 games Cal, 40 games Jonathan Quick? Is he going to want to be a starter somewhere else, even if that means – potentially Seattle because they are going to have to expose a goaltender in the expansion draft next summer. It's it's nice to have options, ain't it? It is way comfortable right now, at least in the goaltending department as far as I'm concerned.
0: I am very comfortable with this goaltending situation. Our boy Cal Peterson was not comfortable in that Vegas game. He got peppered. He got bullied. He got run over by –
1: Could have fooled me. New, you looked-
0: new Kings villain, Alec Martinez. <sighs> Ugh. Just running him over like that? I mean, I think I tweeted, uh, I'm done with you, Alec. In that That's moment. right. That's how I felt. But, man, he – I think the Kings had like 20 shots in that game. Vegas had 43.
1: And they were quality too. They weren't just point shots. They were. There was multiple times where Peterson had to do some Hasek-like swimming in the crease. But somehow always seemed like he was in control. It's –
0: it was a Good masterpiece, stuff. dude. And, it was. And, and it really was. I mean, 42 saves on 43 shots, 0.97 save percentage, which was somehow better than what he did against Pittsburgh the previous game. 35 saves on 36 shots, 0.972. Just two games where you look at it, you're like, if there was any kind of team in front of this guy. Yeah. And And luckily, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm being a little facetious there. Yes, there was a you kind are of a thing. And You weren't.
1: I mean, their advanced stats were some of the worst they've had this entire season during sure. that stretch.
0: Right, right. But they did still come to play somewhat, although allowing 43 shots isn't the way <laughs> they come to play usually. But I guess what I'm saying is when there is a fully functioning, <laughs> contending, you know, competitive hockey team in front of Cal Peterson – it, it makes you feel good inside about what yeah. could happen. It makes you feel good about what you might see, and that's really it. I mean, he's—he reminds me so much of Jonathan Quick. It's—it's kind of crazy. It's, it's slightly crazy. less violent, less violent and more in control, which is good, mm-hmm. two good things. I think if you if you're trying to separate yourself from Jonathan Quick, those two things are, <laughs> are a good. Those are start. good qualities. Yeah. And he, and he battles, man. He battles for every puck just like Jonathan Quick and that's yep. that's something you want to be like John you want to <laughs> be like Johnny goalie His battle for pucks battle for rebounds never quit on a save he has all of those and somehow ice cold man he he's just he's I don't think I've seen him smile during a game
1: I like the uh, a few weeks ago I I kind of was looking for a nickname for him and people were pushing the whole some spin off of Go See Cal for Cal Worthington Ford, and which I just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But you threw out Kal El, I did as a, as a <laughs> Superman did. reference, it's growing on me. I'm not sure how we're gonna mold that, but it's, 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 got, it's got some flavor to well, it.
0: The, the problem is, not everyone's not everyone is privy to the fact that superman. Superman's real name is not actually Clark Kent, but it's Kal-El. For all you nerds out there, you, you're nodding right now vigorously that you know. Uh, so, yeah, the reason that – you know, he was superhuman that game. That's what it comes down to. Straight line, not complicated. It was easy to come up with that. So, uh, don't know about the Kal-Worthington thing. Gonna, I'm
1: just – Gonna? I don't like it at all.
0: It's not good. So, let's not do that. <laughs> so, Kings <laughs> –
1: King yeah. Six
0: two and one. In the last nine. In their last nine games, beating decent <laughs> opponents. I think they got in that stretch they've had Unfortunately Cal's had the two losses, you know, in that stretch as well. Uh, a loss to Winnipeg, but again, a loss to Edmonton. But again,
1: that's just they're playing him. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, he's gonna lose some games, there's no question, but the fact that they're playing him is Quite nice.
0: I don't. I don't have an issue with the Kings losing games. I just want to right. clarify that I right. fully expect them to lose every game.
1: <laughs> I think it kind of, the streak kind of started just before the Stadium Series game. So they beat Calgary five to three, then they beat Colorado three to one, um, and then Tofoley obviously was traded shortly after that. They lost to Winnipeg six to three. Then they beat Florida 5-4, mm-hmm. and then the overtime loss against Colorado 2-1, uh, and then a loss against Edmonton 4-2. Right. And then the last three games, and those last three have been after the trade deadline, were 2-1 against Pittsburgh, 2-1 against New Jersey. Um, where was that? that was I think quick, that was the one with,
0: with – That was quick camp, with scoring the overtime
1: yeah. goal. And – the last one, obviously, as we talked about against Vegas, where they were shellacked in terms of shots. But, man, the ones they were putting on net were, were mighty fine, especially Kopi, even as a classic Kopi performance.
0: I was always, so into that game oh because man. of it. Look, I, I had a, like a emotional <laughs> tweet that game about when like Kobe retires, it. like I'm going to cry.
1: But it's a good point, isn't it? Like, it's, think.
0: It's the truth, man. And there's so many times as Kings fans where we've been like, God, you know, give me more, Kobe. Why can't you be like Malkin? And why can't you be like Crosby?
1: <laughs> us included. I, us I think included. we just we, said every, that last episode. Dude,
0: like every 10 games, we're like, you know. Because he can more. do this. Yeah.
1: Because we've seen him do this. And he spoiled us with a 92-point season. And now you think like, <laughs> come on, man.
0: But But then sometimes when you're <laughs> angry, you take a step back and you look at his entire career so far and you're like... Take him away from this team.
1: Garbage. <laughs>
0: Horrible. Okay, maybe we're be you know, a little Jeff Carter was a fine center in his time, so he could have filled out that number one spot. But without Kobotar, I don't think you are You
1: need two centers in this team. You are league, an man.
0: elite team. He is an elite center.
1: Yeah. You and need
0: it, it goes to show how important it is to have a true elite first line center and how hard they are to find, and that's why pay him all the monies. <laughs>
1: All pay, of them. Pay
0: him every dollar in his contract until it's over and then resign him for some bonus years. Joe Thornton his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know he's going to be one of these guys that's going to be good forever.
1: I, I didn't realize this until – I think the Kings may have put this graphic up, but he is second only to Sidney Crosby from his draft year in terms of points.
0: Not surprising.
1: It's not, but if you consider – some of the other names that were on that list that the Kings could have very easily taken. And, again, this is saying something because in 2005, you know, taking a guy from Slovenia, a country that had never produced a legitimate NHL player, was was considered risky.
0: Like, so risky that, you know, nine teams – I'm not counting Crosby because he was the prize. Yeah, he was – Nine teams passed on him.
1: Now, granted, some of those teams included taking Bobby Ryan, Carey Price. You know, that's somewhat understandable. I think in that position, maybe not the Bobby Ryan one, but Carey Price, I think, has worked out just fine for Montreal. How
0: about that Jack Johnson pickup by Carolina? Man. <laughs> anyway, anyway, carry on. but my
1: point, but my point is, there's a lot of players that I think could have very easily been taken, even if you're just looking at centers. Right, like, oh man, do you remember Gilbert Brule? Or Brule?
0: Gilbert Brule.
1: Gilbert Brule. Uh, for, like he was supposed
0: former almost king. Do you he was that supposed trade? to yes. With yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this is, but he didn't pass the physical.
1: Yes, because he was so damn hurt. <laughs> but like, this is that's what I'm saying. Like some of the names that were supposed to go in that draft, Myrick Zagrapon. Do you remember? remember him?
0: Yes. Martin no, Hansel was
1: supposed to be amazing.
0: Better. <laughs> Better than he was.
1: Better than he was. It's like there were some names, man, and
0: okay, I got a goes question. Just to show you,
1: okay. If you re- right.
0: if you redo that draft, is it Crosby Kopitar or do you put Price? Hundred percent. It's not Price. No, I agree with you because this man has friggin' two Stanley Cups and two Selkies yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that's still a debate among Montreal fans because they were projected to take. No, 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 no. They were they were projected to take Kopitar and they didn't. They went with Carey Price and obviously they're happy with it. But like I think there's still a legitimate thought process between them of like, should we have taken Kopitar over Price? Would it have made a difference for us
0: uh, as a franchise? Yeah, bro. You haven't had a number one center in 30 years.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Get
0: out of here. Exactly. Sorry caught Kianemi, and but <laughs> y- Andre you are not my friend.
1: Yeah. So it's a uh, Yeah. We swung a home run there guys. Swung a home run in 2005. No question. No question that we got the second best player in that draft. It's behind Sidney Crosby. Not bad. But speaking of Number one centers or potential number one centers.
0: <sighs> yes,
1: I think it is time. So God, sweet. we waited so long, and it was so sweet.
0: It was a little too sweet. It was too sweet. <laughs> it was too <laughs> good. That's the pro- it was, that was the it was, problem with Gabe Velarde's debut. It was <sighs> too good because you can like you can make an impact, mm-hmm. you know, but and then you could just completely screw yourself. By setting unrealistic expectations. You
1: can have like a second assist for your first NHL point. You can have like a random tip in off your shin pad for your first NHL goal. Those things happen. And you end up having great careers down the line from there. Or you can do what he did. (laughs) (laughs) And just come out and be a beauty.
0: Nine seconds in? Is that the official time f- on that?
1: I think the official was like six point three. Okay. But I'm I, I saw various times written in there, which if it's six point three, it's the it's the fastest goal. Fastest first NHL goal in history, in history.
0: Yeah.
1: Which again, I've seen some weird time things that have said Picard Raquel had a faster one. I'm not sure, but in any case. Was it a great goal? Not particularly. No,
0: goalie bob disgusted with himself yes, after that, he flubbed absolutely
1: he flubbed it do i care absolutely not
0: uh gable already didn't care
1: nope
0: we were nope. going crazy i mean it's not just we everyone was going crazy if How you, looked can you at, not? if you looked at king's twitter in that moment it was it was a beautiful thing because in this crap season where we've argued over minutia, right like right. things that don't matter things that aren't going to matter tomorrow where, you know, some people wanted Kolochuk gone. We wanted him to stay. What like this minor things that no longer matter. There was one moment where everyone was saying the same thing (laughs) for once. Uh, And it was great. It was a wonderful, wonderful time in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
1: never forget it. It's rare. It's rare to have those like moments where the entire fan base can unite in happiness like no one was tearing it down, no one was going, Oh, what a crap goal, you know, oh he got lucky. No one cared.
0: Nope. Because just
1: The build up, man. It was the build up to that moment. It was. It's it's taken him so long to get there and find some element of consistent health and it means a ton for this franchise, no matter how many prospects we have, like he's he's one of the crown jewels he gets forgotten sometimes in these rankings and stuff but he's one of the crown jewels of the pipeline and for him to come out and have an immediate impact like that is so satisfying
0: it was and we just talked about Kopitar a little bit and I think the Mm -hmm. first thought that came to my mind to your mind you I think you told me and I tweeted it almost simultaneously was that The first memory we both got was that Kopitar's first game against Anaheim. When he walked Pronger and everyone's like, who the hell is this? (laughs) And how did we get him?
1: You knew. You knew. Because, again, I I go back to 2005 and – the era of the internet and social media and all those things were kind of nascent still, you know, like it wasn't quite as prevalent. Right. You weren't seeing like Slovenian hockey highlights. And even if you did, I don't know how easily you could project that to what you would get in the NHL from someone like this. So he, he came out and did that in 2005. And you were just like, is that normal? Is that <laughs> Is this what no one you were just like he just he just embarrassed a Hall of Fame defenseman right on on his first NHL goal and then he went out and had another goal that game.
0: Right, ugly as it's, hell.
1: Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter stuff, of, stuff what, of King's Legend.
0: That's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter because Villardi's first goal was ugly. But yes. his second point oh. you, you, l- listen, you know anyone who knows me knows. I love me a playmaker. I love me someone who could dish. I love Jason Allison. I love – hell, I like Joseph Stumple because he could pass the puck. (laughs) Wayne Gretzky, my favorite player of all time. Not because of his goals. Because of his dimes, baby. Because of his apples. That's why I love that player. So that's a a pass. To
1: to piggyback on that, not only do you love a passer, you in particular love a guy who can pass from behind the net.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. This particular player not only made a great pass – From behind the net. He did it blind, (laughs) not seeing his guy. And he did it on his backhand. And he did it like he's been playing in this league for eight years. It's a tough play to make, man. That's a tough play to make on any level. And I. it just made me so happy. I think I... Had he just gone that assist that game, it would have been more than enough. Right. For the hype train. But the fact that he got a goal and assist. The fact that... The team was pumped for him. You know, like you said, everyone knows what he's been through. That's the good thing about hockey and hockey players they are good dudes. They know if you've, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. If they they see you fought your way to a certain point, they're all in with you, man. Uh, That's what a good team is. That's what good guys do. So it was just, it was great. I hope he builds on it. You know, he didn't quite have the statistical success since then, Uh, but that's expected. All I know is he's playing. Mostly. Um, Right. I I think he got...
1: I think he got another assist at some point. I remember that.
0: I believe he got a second assist on a power play goal by, I want to say, Dowdy. Yes.
1: yes. In in Vegas, perhaps. Let me... Pittsburgh. That's right. That's right.
0: So he's playing every game. He's getting some lower minutes. I think there was that Edmonton game. He got benched for the... Almost the entirety of the third period. Yeah. McClellan sat his ass down and said, you need to watch some hockey.
1: And that's okay because he's not the swiftest skater. And that's a lot of games to play at the NHL level from the second you get called up. I think there was a three and four night stretch there, which is why we're having a couple. uh, Yeah, because it was Florida. Yeah, Florida, Colorado and Edmonton three and four nights. Right. That is not an easy thing to do and right.
0: and then they went back to back right and on the second half of the back-to-back against vegas he only got seven minutes and 49 right. seconds time on right his, which is very low obviously only 13 shifts um one thing about him though face-offs
1: draws baby he can win them yeah uh
0: going backwards he was 60 percent against vegas good it's only 3 faceoffs, one but still that's you know NHL players New Jersey he had um, he was three for seven not great or sorry he was three for ten not great against Vegas he was actually three for five which is good Pittsburgh he was uh, six for nine that's what you want to see yeah and then, and then in Edmonton he was five for six and yeah I, and I believe his first game which was against, he was killing him
1: in the dodge. Yeah,
0: which was against Florida. He was <laughs> 13 of 16. Yeah, there so, you go. So look at that Look at that face-off he, discrepancy. He's at
1: 58.6% face-off
0: right. right now. Right, but that Florida game, look how many uh, starts he got, whether it was defensive right. zone starts or right. offensive zone starts. 16 face-offs he took. So, obviously, he was riding a high that game, and, and it's been significantly pulled back from him since then, which is okay. You know, yeah. protect him. I, I'm i trusting Todd here. He knows what he's doing. I'm not going to be up in arms. This isn't a Kovalchuk situation where I'm upset that you're, you know, playing a 400-goal scorer seven minutes. Yeah. And benching him while Austin Wagner, who can't hit the friggin' broadside <laughs> of a barn, is, like, getting no cutbacks on his ice time. Yeah. That's this is way different, so I get yeah. it. Protect him; I'm all for it.
1: And I would be surprised if they play him beyond an extra two games, because if he plays nine, then his entry level contract kicks in. And this is there's again, there's no reason for him to play the entire season. Um,
0: Wait, does that does that still?
1: I believe qualify so. For
0: an AHL player,
1: yeah, it's it's your first. It, it's once you hit the, I believe the ten game mark. 10 NHL games, that's when your entry-level contract kicks in. Because right now, when he's at the AHL, he's just getting paid based on an AHL deal, whatever whatever that money is. Your your pro contract, I think, kicks in when you get the first nine games, if I remember correctly. If I'm wrong, correct me. But I'm not sure. In any case, I, I, I don't see them keeping him up here. They're going to send him back down for the Ontario hopeful uh, playoff run. Right. And uh, similarly with Peterson, who've both been, um, they've had paper contracts already kicked in. And so essentially letting the league know that, yes, they're going to go back down to the AHL. So good things to come. This is a nice little teaser. It's a nice little taste for him of what it means to play at the NHL level. And I hope that it motivates him even further for the rest of the season in Ontario. Cause... This time, God. This time, training camp. You gotta figure he's penciled in to be at least thirdly. I think if
0: he's healthy, he's in at this point. Right. I think he was. I mean, if he was healthy, he was in. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. So, like
1: now, there's there there should be no question to it. Um, other other developments. Martin Firk signed to a two year extension. Good. I don't think that had happened last time we recorded.
0: It had not. Great.
1: And more than happy with that. Martin Furk obviously was the one who buried that uh, no look behind the goal pass from Velarde and got a cannon of a shot. And uh, nice to have him on the team for another couple of years. I like stories like that. I like it when he kind of goes up and down and he commits to, you know, putting forth a good effort in the AHL, and he earned an NHL contract out of it. So good for him. I'm kind of surprised they signed it at this point because apparently it disqualifies him from going back to the AHL for the rest of the season. Kind of weird. I would have thought that they would want their highest point producer to be in Ontario for the playoff run, especially because the playoffs start after the NHL season's over, so it's not like you're uh, keeping him from anything.
0: Maybe it was the condition... On his part be like hey i'll resign with you if you do this
1: but why would he know i I don't don't understand it's weird he could have played all he had to do was do the paper contract the same way they did tell him as soon as you go back down and you're done in ontario we'll sign this contract with you and post date it or something but whatever decision's been made so martin firk will not be in ontario for the rest of the season or for the potential playoff run But he'll be around, and I expect he will make the NHL roster as well next season.
0: I do too. It's going to be an interesting squad next season. Isn't
1: it? Very,
0: Mm. very interesting. Who's going to be here? Who's going to get looks? Training camp's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, because for the first time in a long time, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of people who don't exactly have a spot locked up.
0: No. No. All the guys who had spots locked up for what seemed like the last 10 years are pretty much gone.
1: Yeah, or will be gone.
0: At least on those bottom six. I mean, who's left? Trevor Lewis. He might walk, even though some people will tell you they're very confident he stays.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. That kind of gets into who remained after the the trade deadline, too, right? So I, I think last time we recorded, the only... The only player since that time who got traded was Derek Forbert to Calgary for a fourth rounder um, yep. whether that means that there really was no market out there for the Ben Huntins and the Trevor Lewis's of the world or whether uh, management felt that for what they were being offered it would make more sense to keep them around to have some presence of a veteran on the roster for the rest of the season no idea um, but it is what it is they're here now and I frankly I'd be surprised man I would be surprised if Ben Hutton is back next season I would be surprised if you know you know Kim Ryan is back next season even Trevor Lewis I I know this whole idea of like veteran leadership veteran presence whatever is important but man he's been struggling dude he has been struggling hard the last half of the season and his minutes have been cut down significantly i know he scored a goal in the last few games but just watching him skate i just don't see that same
0: yeah
1: um that he's, same kind of like laboring,
0: it looks he like is he's, he
1: definitely is
0: yeah and, and i think elia friedman i was listening to maybe 31 thoughts or something like that and the it was the pre-deadline episode and, and his name came up and elia Friedman was like there's a real concern around the league that he can't skate anymore or at least can't skate the way he used to skate. Because mm-hmm. so, that
1: was that was the one thing that like he always had. He was a very quick and tenacious skater. Right. And yeah. It's uh it's interesting, but I would be surprised if they brought him back next season. I just don't see the need. I really don't.
0: Um so the velardi thing, Vardy. Yes. It's only for players that are 18 or 19 years old.
1: Uh oh. it's the entry
0: level slide
1: interesting okay right. so he's already so he's already it doesn't the, matter how many games he
0: plays right he's it's kicked in his entry-level gotcha. slide was last year gotcha. so if a player who is signed to an entry-level contract and is 18 or 19 years of age does not play in a minimum of 10 nhl games their mm-hmm. contract is considered to slide or extend by one year
1: got it right the so toby barefoot situation correct
0: correct correct because he's too young so yes yes no slide for Gabe. Contracts so he can play as many in. games he he as he wants to as many as he wants he's Okay. good, good. I mean, either way, at this point, the entry level thing—who cares, right? No, I, really? I don't care. I well, it matters,
1: in, it matters at the end for RFA years. That's right. what—that's the only reason why it matters. Right. But exactly. if it's kicked in now, then it is what it is, and that's great. That means they'll see more of him before they send him back to Ontario.
0: Yeah. All right. So, Tyler Toffoli, Alec Martinez, having a grand old time. Yeah. They're having fun. Happy in their new digs. Tyler Toffoli. Can't help but score goals. Alec Martinez has tripled his point total. Since, <laughs> since Four to, games time. Since going to Vegas. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, happy for both, obviously. Happier for Toffoli, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. Alec Martinez has had lots of good times. He's good <laughs> for a while. Uh, but I think Toffoli still a young player. You know what I mean? I still want him to... Have that success. I still want him to find success. I still want to score goals. He's only twenty-seven, man. If you if you guys think about it, he's the same age as Wayne Gretzky was when he came to the Kings. And to think like that was the backside or the back nine. I love how old things
1: go back to go back somehow to Wayne. Yeah, (laughs) there's going to be more.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's more. (laughs) Don't worry. Go on. But to give you an idea, like to think that when Gretzky came here, he had his best days were behind him, which they were. Except his best days are not human best days, <laughs> so you know no problem. He only went on to score like two thousand more points <laughs> in a Kings jersey, whatevs. <laughs> uh, but that not two thousand, obviously, but about a thousand, a career's worth, no big deal. Right. Um, so yeah, I hope he does well. He's off to a good start. I'm glad he has his buddy to keep him comfortable there. I don't know. I don't know about the Canucks, but I do know they got a good player in Tyler Toffoli.
1: Yeah, they're an interesting team. I I agree with you. I don't know if they have enough, but they're an intriguing team, and I like intriguing teams in the playoffs. The Kings have always been an intriguing team in the playoffs. They're never they're never considered a juggernaut when they roll in there, and I think Vancouver's kind of got that same feel to them. You know, they can they can make this they can make this difficult for you. That right. kind of thing.
0: Right. Let's see. Since the trade, Toffoli's first game with Mini had an assist. Then he played Boston. He has two goals and an assist. Played Montreal. had a goal. Played Ottawa, had a goal. He hasn't had a goal in his last two. No big deal.
1: Slowing down.
0: Slowing down, indeed. Uh, But since, if if you count his last two games with the Kings, he is on fire right now.
1: And he he's always been a streaky guy like that, man. He's always been one of these dudes who just scores in bunches.
0: Yeah, eight goals in eight games, speaking of bunches. There you go. That's bunched up goals right there. So going back to the Calgary game and then the, obviously the winner or the stadium series game, yeah, eight goals in, the, in his last eight games. Honestly, like probably overachieving. But hes it's certainly closer to what he should be doing right. than what he did for what seems like the last couple of seasons with the Kings.
1: There's no reason in my mind why he shouldn't be a consistent 25-25 guy. Like, he is that kind of player. He has that ability. Um, and, you know, his shooting percentage was god-awful in 18-19, well below his average. He has crept back up closer to his average this season. Um... But again, the question now is, does a player like that, a player like that, I don't think helps the Kings at this point where they are as a team. I think a player like that is valuable for a team like Vancouver that has the pieces in place, has shown progress. And now you're looking for a couple guys to kind of help you push it over the top, right? Like you've got your uh, Elias Patterson, you've got your Quinn Hughes, who's a freaking phenomenon up there. Like you've got your pieces around there. Brock Besser when he's healthy. They got JT Miller from Tampa. The Bo Horvat has been there for a while. So they've, they've got like a nice mix of veteran and young gun players. It's the perfect time to add a guy like Toffoli. It's, it's perfect for the Kings. It makes no sense. It makes no sense to keep a guy like Toffoli and try to resign him because I don't think that that's what your team needs right now. I think you do the right thing in moving him for both you as a team and for him as a player and for the rest of his career, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Uh, Canucks are in a logjam in the wild card spot right now. Uh, man, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Arizona, all 74. Minnesota right there with 73. And the disappointing Nashville Predators, 72. They're right there, but I mean, they're better yeah. than that. Oh, yeah. They're better yeah, than that. Yeah, absolutely. To not, to not be even near. The top of the Central is, is new for them. Um, the LA Kings, of course, dead last in the West, to <laughs> remind everyone. Nice and comfortable. It, it's funny how even with their winning streaks and good stretches, it, it seems to just not change this fact that they will likely finish last in the Western Conference, which is fine. Don't care. Right. Get it.
1: It's You know, it's it's crazy. As, uh, it's our road record, man. Our road record is... Horrific. What at and, home? We're, Ten
0: and twenty-two is not good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> at home we're we're a winning team. We're fifteen, thirteen, and two. So if you're curious about whether or not you should go to a Kings game, odds are apparently you're you're going to see them win more than fifty percent of the time. Coin flip. But yeah, coin flip, which is fine for a team at this point. But on the road, man, if you're if you're looking at betting, <laughs> bet against the Kings on the road. Apparently, except when they go to Vegas, there they seem to win.
0: Yeah.
1: So. And last year, I think it was the exact opposite, wasn't it? Like we were doing really well on the road and our home record was not great.
0: I've completely blocked out Yeah, see, you know. blocked
1: it out. That's that's
0: fair. No that's idea fair. what happened. I just know. I just have these glimpses of <laughs> who was behind the bench every now and again. Like, sometimes I you wake see a up mustache in, a in your nightmares. Sweat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goal differentials. In the NHL, man, Detroit's goal differential, sometimes when I'm bored, <laughs> I just, just pull it up and see what's going on with Detroit's, with Detroit's goal differential, minus 121.
1: We talked about this before that, like, there might come a point where their goal differential is worse than their goals for. It's getting there. S- still creeping. They're 14 away.
0: Still, <laughs> it can I, happen. Because I think last we looked, they were only like a minus 90. I say only. Yeah. Uh. Man, minus 121. You want to talk about bad road records? Five <laughs> wins, 26 losses, three OT losses. My God. Oh, man! Their home record is our road record. <laughs> they're bad. Uh, they're really bad.
1: They're, they're going to be one of the worst teams ever, and it's going to be really bad if, after all that, they don't get Alexis Lafreniere.
0: They... No team has any right to be this bad in the parity era, in the yeah. salary cap era.
1: They've you turned have it into no
0: a, business being it, – it's almost harder to be this bad.
1: They've taken parity and they've turned it into a parody.
0: Oh, shh. <laughs> Vardy's bringing a beat tonight.
1: <laughs> you might want to pull over if you're going to laugh that one off, guys. <laughs> Don't want you getting you. in any accidents because of – because it was blinding you from the tears of laughter.
0: <laughs> That's right. Um, the Anaheim Ducks also not good.
1: California hockey in general right now is is not looking good.
0: They are and six I, points. That's it.
1: <laughs> the West is weird. Don't, don't don't read too much into it. But the best part is that San Jose does not have their own first round pick. Ottawa has that. And so if you look at the percentage chance right now in the lottery of having the first overall pick, it's even between the dismal Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators, who are just a horrific franchise in other ways. They just fired their CEO today. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't. Yeah, their CEO, who's been CEO for 54 days, was just fired Okay. because uh, he... Got into an argument with Eugene Melnick oh, and cussed him out over the phone and Melnick fired <laughs> I mean, you't can't, you can't write this stuff that franchise is as long as Eugene Melnick is owner of that owner of that franchise it it, it just jumps from embarrassment to embarrassment of different types
0: it's just someone needs to make a thirty for thirty on. Ottawa's last two or three seasons because it would be magnificent to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's been stuff in there that's dark, sad. I get it, but most of it is just hilarious. Um, just the treatment again, it starts with Eugene Melnick. It's all, yeah. he's always going to be the problem with this franchise. Right. And until it he's gone, it, until he's gone, it's not going to be good. Right. I'm sorry to say so.
1: Yeah. Terrible.
0: Anything else in the trade deadline that, uh, uh, excited you, or I don't know.
1: Raised, like, raise an eyebrow? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a couple teams that I thought made some some interesting moves. Carolina, who we've we've always kind of talked about as this dark horse team who seems to have all the tools to kind of, to get it together and make it, you know, head to toe. They're, they're a solid, well-rounded team. I thought they made a couple really nice moves in getting uh, Brady Shea from from the Rangers yeah. granted they gave up a first rounder for that but hey yeah, yeah. if, if you, I think you're from Carolina shoes and you're you're right there that's a good trade to make and then getting Sammy Votten in from New Jersey that really shores up your defense I think
0: was, well, man don't they have one of the best decors in the NHL anyway yes that's, that was my first thought is like aren't you guys loaded on the back end anyway and then to you never have and you too get, much defense, two man. Two more studs. Just throw them on there. Throw them on the pile. Uh,
1: when you can have someone like Sammy Votnin being your bottom pairing.
0: Seriously, <laughs> or bottom three, even even if he's anywhere near the bottom three.
1: Yeah, man. And then remember last year they they actually traded um um Justin Falk. That's who I'm thinking of. And they could do that because they had. You know, Dougie Hamilton was there. Jacob Slavin was there. Dougie Hamilton obviously hurt and not sure if he's coming back. But Jacob Slavin's doing just fine. So I think just a good all-around team. And again, another dark horse kind of team going into the playoffs, I think, along the vein of uh, of Vancouver. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They also got uh, Vincent Trocek from oh, florida
0: that's a sneaky good pickup right there that is
1: a good pickup that's i think george pickup. has been having a down season he was injured to start a couple times yeah but the guy's a the guy's a 60 point center easily easily so that's a lot of moves for carolina makes they're they're going for the jugular baby
0: yeah um their defense man i don't want to read this off sure uh joel edmondson coming off of a Hayden Flurry, Jake Gardner, Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, who's a stud. Brady Shea, studdish. <laughs> Jacob Slavin, good. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, good. Sammy Vatnen. Yep. That's that's a championship defense.
1: That's a solid D man.
0: That's that's a good defense right there. That's, this team's they're ready, man. What else can you what where's the hole? What are the here?
1: They even got Justin Williams back.
0: Justin Williams scoring goals. Maybe they don't have a first-line center. Right. That's really – I mean, Jordan Stahl, bless his heart, not a first-line center, probably. Martin Nikesh, too young to be a first-line center.
1: Right, but if you got
0: talent like
1: Sebastian Ajo and Svech going off, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, their right side is beautiful.
1: Yeah,
0: it's fine. <laughs> uh meter Williams, that'll do. Yeah.
1: It's fine. You'll you'll do just fine. Goaltending. I would say that's the Yeah. That's yeah, where you're lacking.
0: Your guy's Morazic.
1: Yeah. And Reimer, I think, is hurt now, I wanna say.
0: Probably. But even then he's not
1: Yeah, so right now with, with I think Morazic's hurt. And Reimer are hurt and so they're juggling between like Anton Forsberg and Alex Najelkovich. Oh,
0: which yes. household I, I, name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In someone's household, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> the Najelkovich household?
1: <laughs> Probably <laughs> if I'm pronouncing that right. It's uh so yeah. That would be the that would be the problem.
0: Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I think they're ready to at least do something here. Something new.
1: Vegas. Vegas, I think, made a sneaky good trade in bringing in Robin Lehner.
0: Yep. Like I said, they're going to win the division. No one listened to me. That's (laughs) fine. Whatevs. (laughs) Nashville has been really disappointing. Yeah. Very, very disappointing. They got to figure it out fast because I think, like, for the first time in – 42 years, David Poyle is, is might be <laughs> He's some, on a hot seat. He might be in some trouble there because if they miss the playoffs, I think it's time. I think it's time. I think you're, yeah. you're essentially saying – Well, you've already saying, fired the
1: coach, right? Yeah. I mean yes. that's that's typically the precursor to the GM getting right. canned as well.
0: Right. I think they need a new voice. Something has to be different there because whatever they've been doing – and they've been good for a long time. Right is something's got to change because clock's ticking on some of these players. Now your goaltender, especially is like, you know, going into Lundquist territory soon. Yeah. Yeah. That it's not good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But at least, I mean, they've got the juice as a backup. I mean, they can, they can make that happen. They've kind of been trying to drag out Rene based on his, uh, recent Vesna caliber, play and whatnot but not this season obviously yeah i like what tampa's doing tampa tampa just tampa's just tamping it up man
0: they're just like ready for the playoffs they don't care right I think, hurt I think they for figured the it out they're like we don't care about regular season give us toronto in the first round they will destroy toronto <laughs> They will. They will systematically (laughs) dismantle Toronto's defense and goaltending. Forget about it. Yeah. And the goaltenders, really, it's not even their fault.
1: It's true. (laughs) This
0: this is a veteran-tested team, this Lightning team, and the Leafs have no pushback against sandpaper guys who are willing to do whatever it takes to win. That's Toronto's Achilles heel. <laughs> it, like,
1: I'm trying to remember now. Was Tampa my Stanley Cup prediction or was it Washington? I have to look back.
0: I think I picked Tampa. I'm pretty sure I picked Tampa, Vegas in the final. Mm. And I had Tampa winning the Cup finally, I think. Could be wrong.
1: Maybe, buddy. Maybe.
0: But the point is, like, no one's catching Boston. <laughs> they're, they're They're good. How are these always good? That, you know, that second wave, we always talk about that second wave of Bruins. They're outstanding, man. They're just, that's how you draft. Remember when they sold off half their team to get like three straight first rounders? Yep.
1: They kept the right guys, man. Yeah. They kept the right guys. One of them
0: could have been Barzell, but they took some, I think they took Heinen or something. Yeah. Anyway, like that's a quick retool. What the Kings are doing is not a retool. Anymore.
1: It takes balls, man. It yeah. takes balls to make trades like getting rid of Phil Kessel, getting rid of Tyler Sagan, and saying to yourself, We can do that because we have Patrice Pergeron. Oh, yeah, and we have right yeah. and lucic Like to put all your eggs in the Patrice Pergeron and Brad Marchand basket is ballsy. And it is paid off in in style. Especially, obviously, Pastor not coming in being
0: that's the thing. absolute beast. Pastor I think, was the real game changer there. He was, and to have guys like ready to go like that when you get yeah. rid of Lucic, when you get rid of Sagan, whoever, and it's ne- next man right. up, and you lose right. nothing. That's right. scary. That's scary. Good, Tim Thomas, right? He was, I think, he won yeah. the, the Vesna one year. Uh, not, yes. Anyway, he was obviously very good. As soon as he's gone, they lose nothing. Right. Because Rask just steps in, he's like, "Yeah," and and that's well, the beauty of,
1: of being able to say it's okay because we're going to get two Rask for Phil Kessel, and Toronto still <laughs> looking for <laughs> a solid starting goaltender. Yep.
0: I mean, I don't know. Goaltending is not their problem.
1: It's not. But my point is that it's it's another thing that they constantly are searching for. They thought they had it in Freddie Anderson. Now that's not. Eh, Toronto's just a different beast, man. Toronto. 50% of Toronto's, Toronto's issues are above the neck.
0: Yeah, that's true. Every year. It's it doesn't matter. True. Um, how about the Flyers? They are El Fuego. <laughs> Eight and two in their last ten, seven straight wins. They just beat the crap out of Washington today, five to two. And that's a
1: big win, man. Dude,
0: a- they might win the division. <laughs> A division that includes the Capitals. Wild. And the Penguins. Nuts. Wild. Because Philly's one of those teams you've been waiting for as well to, like, take the next step. And yeah. Apparently, it took, like, losing, again, key veterans. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're good.
1: But, some, I mean, sometimes that's what it takes, though, doesn't it, man? Right. Like, they right. made a gamble. I wouldn't say it's a gamble, but they, they committed to bringing back Kevin Hayes after they traded for him last year, I think, from New York. They... They felt like they had something good with Travis Kanishny, that he was going to come in, he was going to take the next step forward. You know, Nolan Patrick, who was their second overall pick, has not really panned out to, to be that player because of injuries and whatnot. But it's okay, because Sean Couturier has now stepped up and been like maybe a top five defensive center in the league, like sure, constant easily. Selke Trophy. I mean, the talent has always Provorov been there.
0: has, I think, been... Wonderful for them. Right. Very important. Um, Who's their goalie?
1: Brian Elliott. (laughs) Brian Elliott. Still somehow in the league. So Carter Hart has not taken over. Well. Or has he? I I don't know. Because Brian Elliott has played 31 games and has 16 wins. So I don't know if Carter Hart is hurt. But Brian Elliott was in net against Washington today. So I would have to think that something is probably going on with Carter Hart. Yeah. For him not to be playing against Washington of all teams,
0: right?
1: Um, but looking at the season split, it's 40 games Carter Hart, 31 games Brian Elliott, and the last game that Carter Hart played was March 1st. So no, they're they're swapping back and forth pretty okay. decently.
0: Okay, interesting. Okay,
1: it's just sometimes, man. Sometimes you just have to let let guys play. You gotta let these younger guys actually come in and. And take over. I never thought I'd see the day where Claude Giroux is the fourth highest point bringer on the point scorer on the Philadelphia Flyers. He must
0: be relieved. It's like, Fine, <laughs> finally, <laughs> someone else do something.
1: Travis Konechny, man, he's sixty-one points in sixty-three games. Tell me you saw that coming.
0: He's a dude. I don't. I didn't, I don't know if he I ever thought he would be point a game player, but he's yeah. always been a gifted, talented. He offensive has. Player. So he, I
1: thought he was a second line guy. I've seen him play sure, a few yeah. times. Like, I followed him. I thought he was going to be a good second-line player. Point of game? Absolutely not. Never right. once no, did I think I that agree. would
0: happen. I, I agree with that. That's, uh... So... Yeah, that's... It's like... We all knew Nate, Nathan McKinnon would be good. Right? Yeah. And this is yeah. a whole other level I'm talking about. But then he had, right. like, this one or two year where he was just pedestrian. Yeah. And then one day he woke up, he's like, no... Yeah, I'm going to be a top five guy in the league forever.
1: Basically, I want to I'm going to be a terror on skates every time I'm on the ice. Every single goal goal, I've seen Nathan, I see Nathan McKinnon highlights way more than I'm comfortable with just scrolling on Twitter. Every single one of them is the same. It's him with a head of speed, (laughs) taking a puck, blowing past some poor dude who you can hear just like regretting his life decisions. And then just <laughs> ripping a shot with a release that, like, I think my favorite comment I ever saw about Nathan McKinnon's release was from John gross where he basically said that this dude must curl cinder blocks all day <laughs> <laughs> with the way that he just r- risked that puck. It's amazing. He is, it's amazing. He, he, he takes a puck fine. from a standstill to like a 95 mile an hour snapshot with nothing. Going full speed. Effortless. Effortless. Love it.
0: Love a guy like that.
1: So this is what we have to do. We have to get excited about the NHL in general.
0: We always are, though. I mean, I personally always like the fact that the rest of the league can keep me just as entertained as my beloved LA Kings do.
1: Yeah, because you know come (laughs) mid-April, you're not going to be watching Kings hockey anymore, that's for sure.
0: It's been like that most of my life. So
1: <laughs> That's my, true. You've
0: my adult life anyway.
1: You've adjusted to the expectations.
0: Right. Well, we got a lot done today, Vardy. Yeah. Talked about a lot, a lot of lot. things. Honestly, I don't know what like the king's wise this is what it's going to be. We're going to track the youngsters. There'll always be a, there's going to be a Gabe volatility portion every episode until the end right. of the season. Right. And we got to think of a... for ever.
1: Probably. We gotta think of like a a nifty name for the Villardi moment, you know, like
0: right, right,
1: something Gabe time or something like.
0: That. Okay, we'll work on that. that
1: oh, is... Tune in next week.
0: <laughs> Not great, Gabe time. No, this...
1: I'm just, I'm I'm off the cuff here. <laughs>
0: That's okay. Um, It's episode fifty four, Vardy. Yes, it is. Ben Scrivens. That's one. Okay. There's four. Thanks for joining There's... us, everybody. <laughs>
1: there's four there are four four players who have worn the number 54 for the la kings okay i think you can get at least three of them
0: every time you say this it goes to hell i know okay
1: but i have faith
0: so i got already one you said i could get three so i could get two more yes that's crazy but okay i'll try yeah, I'm going to need something, dude. All right. <laughs>
1: One of them is very recent. Okay. Played this season. Uh,
0: dude, you know I'm not.
1: This season? I get you it. Can't think but... of, you can't think of the players who played this season.
0: I can, but it's just like oh, so many nameless, faceless people <laughs> floating around. You know?
1: He has a name and a face. <laughs> I
0: get it, but.
1: No, that's a big hint. There's a name and a face.
0: That's a hint that he has a name and a face?
1: Yes. Meaning that it's a name and a face that you will remember and should remember.
0: Oh, okay. It's like that, huh?
1: Going forward. Okay. The problem is you probably haven't seen this name and face for a while now. I see. You must reach into the depths <laughs> of your memory banks.
0: For this Back to- season? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay,
1: Back to the days of
0: October. Oh, no. Oh, my. October. So this, this person make the team? Yep. Ooh. Wow, I'm terrible. Was I this checked out (laughs) this whole season? Oh, man. If they made the team, why would they wear that stupid number? Hmm. You know what? It's a rhetorical kind of a you don't have to answer type question. I'm just thinking. Wait, you were saying something, though.
1: Carry on. I, I was. I'm trying to hold on a second. I need to. Hold on. I need to search something real quick because this might be a technicality moment.
0: Teddy Purcell?
1: That's one of them, yes. Okay,
0: yeah, obviously I don't mean this season. It just kind of came to me. I was like, all right,
1: wow I I wasn't expecting to help you with that. Yeah, Teddy Purcell, um, 54. Yes, yes.
0: Now, back to this guy.
1: Yes, yes. It, um, it might be. So it's it's a preseason situation.
0: Oh, you see? You see now? It's all getting murky. But you're saying he made the team out of camp.
1: Correct. And then shortly afterward changed his number.
0: Really? (sighs) See, this is why.
1: Okay, how about this? You
0: seem frustrated with me, Mark.
1: (laughs) Not only does he have a face and a name... He also has a foot.
0: Uh, was he Bjornfoot was wearing fifty four? He was. Okay, see, then he changes to thirty three. Correct. Okay, see, guys, it's, it's not you; it's, it's Malarkey. me. <laughs> That's what it is. It is grade A baloney. <laughs> All right, so I got Purcell. Uh, I got Scrivens. I didn't get Bjornfoot. Did he really play a game with fifty four?
1: I will I will send you a photo, friend.
0: But a preseason photo does not count.
1: What, what do you mean?
0: <laughs> These numbers don't count for preseason.
1: I, he must have. He must have.
0: Yeah, I guess. That's, that's odd. Very odd. Sounds weird to me. Because anyway. he made the team he wore 33. I'm just saying. Okay.
1: Fine. If you want to give it an asterisk, we'll give it an asterisk.
0: It's not, I'm just playing by the rules.
1: <laughs> I make the rules
0: there's you know there's a lot of random preseason numbers Kopitar wore 52 you didn't hear me two episodes ago actually but
1: you remember that number and you remembered preseason Alec Martinez yes in fact we dedicated an episode to him right last episode right
0: but I there? didn't no that was not preseason his first season he wore 53
1: okay fine
0: I'm tired of being right
1: <laughs> it's, it's exhausting really. right
0: fourth guy no idea
1: um, Give me seasons. Uh, 98,
0: 99, and 99,
1: 2000. Seven games total. He was a defenseman.
0: <laughs> Whenever I don't know someone, I feel like I just say Holland. <laughs> that's, in my, that's in my go-to. <laughs> uh, I don't got it unless it's like Kip.
1: Jan, Jan Nemechek. Nemechek? Yes.
0: I remember Jan Nemec wasn't gonna remember his number. So. Yeah, good times, good times, there it Jan. Is. There uh, it is. We will be. I will be contesting this. So
1: I, know. I know, this I know you will. Nonsense. But I, I think, I think it makes the most sense to dedicate this episode, uh, since we're talking about the future. I'm gonna talk about a man who we thought was gonna be part of the future, wasn't part of the future. But then he came back to the Kings. This is the Teddy Purcell episode. <laughs> he
0: did come back, to the. he? He did. Oh, my. He, Teddy Talks.
1: This is for Teddy Talks. That's
0: right. Teddy Purcell. Uh, met him, hung out with him one time. Did you really? I did. I believe it was at a bar.
1: Just randomly or?
0: I believe it was in Las Vegas. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Yeah. Good dude. These guys are funny some of these guys, I'll tell you.
1: Was this was this in the Ritus Evenons hangout times?
0: Correct The Ritus Evenons, John Zeiler, for some reason John Zeiler was the guy that He was, our, he, our was mutual the, friend he was knew, the plug, right of all the guys like I'm hanging out with John Zeiler.
1: That's right. I remember shaking Ritus Evenons' hands at uh Excess. <laughs> in Vegas
0: yeah Teddy was floating around yeah they were all floating around there anyway what's the opposite of name dropping that's what we just did (laughs) again
1: it's not even a brag I'm not even proud of any of those things
0: no that's 54 guys we're coming real close to the Pavel Rosa episode (laughs) spoiler I got one ready for next On at it (laughs) I got one ready for next episode I love it please subscribe Follow us on Twitter. Numbers are steadily growing on both ends. A little more Twitter Twitter interaction would do us good. So keep it coming, guys. Drop us an email. Shout out to Mike Irwin, who always drops an email, by the way. Nice. Uh, once again, can't share it on the air.
1: Uh, Not controversial.
0: appropriate. <laughs> controversial. This man. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Keep them coming. Thank you, everyone who listens. All our listeners who have been listening since day one. We know who you are. We see the stats. We love you we some of you we've never met and we love you that's that's real yeah that's yeah and we
1: appreciate the excitement we appreciate that like the numbers actually have crept up with as bad as things have been for the team you guys are committed yeah just like we are
0: absolutely because sometimes when things are bad the last thing you want to do is hear more about how about how bad things are (laughs) things are going that's it guys we'll see you next time thank you again 55 coming up You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.